Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the early dawn to climb up in my stand. Hunting off the farm, wishing on some love. I've been on a big boat. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. My general manager, brand manager, Wayne Locke, and my director of operations here at the ARO radio show podcast, Redbone Mike Crace. Redbone, Wayne, we have got a show lined up for our listeners this week. You know, it has the potential today to be the best show we've ever done. In seven years of doing this, today could be our biggest. It could be. Well, definitely, because when you got some of the biggest stars coming on, and then you got one of the biggest stars getting ready to come on but i'm not going to tell you who it is yet no we're going to keep <laughs> no, everybody no, 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 in no, no, suspense no. yeah but, but it's uh, big we'll give some hints this is going to be huge everybody and uh, to me and i will say it with him on the show when he comes on the show this guy is the strongest entity it's a clue for you in the outdoor industry yeah i would i would not dispute that fact one iota yeah all right alex what's some uh what's some other facts Yes. You know, last year in Missouri, we killed about 200,000 deer. That's late season, uh, throughout the season. Yeah, well, the, the gun season. Yeah. Gun season, about 200,000 deer. Okay. This, this year in the gun season, and and today we're recording on Tuesday being the last day, we have killed 164,000. Oh, we're down. 36,000 down. Well, we talked about that, and MDC talked about that being down because of the mass acorn crop we had. Yeah, the acorn crop seems to be the culprit. I was going to say, is that that, or also we touched base about the uh, calling your deer in and the honesty program that maybe some people aren't and so that quite prob- honest. Well, that probably has a lot to do I'll with bet it. I it does. Well. Yeah, more than, more than anybody is willing to admit anyway. And so far, and, and I've never looked at this number before, but I saw an article on it this morning. This year, there have been over a thousand citations written to deer hunters in Missouri just Uh-oh. during the gun deer season. Uh oh. A fourth of them. A fourth of them, 256 of them, have been for not having a deer tag. Wow. People going out hunting with no tag whatsoever. And wonder what that violation is. Wonder what it will end up costing them. Uh, $285 plus your hunting privileges for a year. Wow. Yeah. Now think about that. For $17. That's an expensive piece of uh, deer. Yeah, yeah, for, for 40 pounds of meat. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on. And, the, and the, yeah. Oh, man. It's just... And uh, the others are various things, you know, that you could imagine. Hunting on posted property and, you know, hunting where you don't have permission. Just all kinds of things. Shooting from the road. Shooting from the road is is another big one. Did you know, and and I had, uh, uh, I may have talked about this last week, uh, because, you know, my property, and you see my property, is, is long and narrow. And I always thought that in Missouri, you had to be 100 yards off of a road to shoot. Mm-hmm. Did you know that is not the case? What is the case? We what need to educate all of our listeners. Everybody listen. You have to be outside the right-of-way. If you're on a gravel road and there are ditches on either side, as long as you're on the other side of the ditch, you can shoot. As long as it's safe. As long as there aren't houses around or cars coming. So let me ask you this question, Dwayne. You, Redbone. If you own the land you're driving down the road, you get out of your truck, you walk to the fence and lay your gun barrel Past the fence, the gun into mm-hmm. the gun barrel. Be past the fence, you would be legal. Yes, there you go. As long as you're outside the ditch, outside the or, ditch, or what and your they gun barrel across your fence. Yeah, and whatever you're considered, you know, the right of way. That's I, that's interesting because I always thought it was a hundred yards too. No, I actually asked an MDC official two weeks ago when I had him on my regular radio show, and he said no, as long as you are not in the roadway. Wow. Yeah. Now, what is you? Now you can define that. What is the term you the gun well, you the person now think about it. the person if you're standing on this side of the fence so you, in can't, the shoot, roadway, you can't shoot across the road no what i'm saying is i want to ask the question again if i seen a deer and i walked across the ditch to my fence mm-hmm. and my legs are still on the roadway but the end of my gun rolls across the fence as long as you're across the ditch you're okay wow wow you learn something every day here yeah, we do. There you go. We don't want nobody getting in trouble. No, want, you know. no, exactly. But anyway, we could rant, go on and on and on and on. But anyway, the deer numbers are down. Yeah. We're at the back side of the main rut right now. The The movement on my property has slowed down. I'm seeing very few deer now. And everybody I'm talking to also 
is uh, seeing deer moving at night on the trail cameras, etc. So, Tim Ekman here at the K Country Studios killed a buck this morning. Mm-hmm. That was running hard chasing a doe. Wow. Nice little, nice little eight point. Nice eight point. That's good. So calling techniques are still working right now, everybody. Mock scraping. And that being said, I want to give a big shout out to uh, a new company that American Roots Outdoors will be working with. They're, we're starting a small relationship right now, and that's Texas Raised Hunting Products. And these guys, Wayne, uh, Mr. Brett Andrews is the owner, him and his father, and Larry Wysoon hooked us up with this guy. And let me tell you, their cinnamonation products, you've done some research on them, uh, is second to none. Well, yeah, and it's uh, they're really cutting edge. The stuff that they're doing with this uh, now that it's not only for deer hunting, but they're looking at it's expanding into medical field also. Some of the really? technology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's, so, their, their statement is don't pay attention to the wind. You just use their whole system. You don't need ozonics. You don't need anything. And I went on their, their, their wall and read a bunch of their posts. It's unbelievable, the testimonies. So it's called Texas Raised Hunting Products. They do deer lures, they do cinnamonation, and they call it the Guardian. Oh, and don't forget their predator lures. They're the predator yeah. scents. Yeah. Yep, lures, bobcat, coyote, fox uh, for trapping. They're huge into trapping field. Uh, this Mr. Brett Andrews is mind-blowing with the knowledge that he has. When you get on the phone with him, he can just go on with chemistry, etc. This young man is, I'm telling you, they're going to take cinnamonation products to a completely different level above anything that's on the shelves today. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's I know interesting. when he was talking about uh, the chemistry and the uh, compounds and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, okay, uh, you need to dumb this down a little bit for me here. I yeah. mean, so he's chemistry. like, he goes, he goes, I'll make it real simple for you. It works. Yeah. I said, that, there you go. See, now I understand it. He yeah. sent me, it he sent me a video clip. He goes, I got to feed my guardian. And he calls that garden cinnamonation. And he sent me a, a video of how the Guardian uh, product absorbs stuff. Got uh, a, so it absorbs the odor. It just absorbs. It just sucks it up like a sponge. Really? It's crazy. Huh. Yeah, and pharmaceutical, they, they've proven it in. They've done tests on it and proven to kill bacteria in surgical rooms and everything and operating rooms. Yeah, they put it through their ventilation system. Wow. So that's that was a, a neat thing that's to, pretty to cool. learn. Yeah, it's not that's direct spray-on. They actually put it through the ventilation system. So it was wow. pretty neat. Yeah, this guy's company's going to explode. Yeah, and folks, yeah. you'll be hearing more about that in the weeks to come. Yeah, we will. Right. Yeah. Everybody, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors. We're going to be right back with our special guest. And I'm telling you, it's one of the biggest guests we've ever had. And this guy right here is a huge household name. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors. Across the creek up a big old hill Year after year Got my hunting gear Welcome back to American Roots. Your host, Alex Rutledge, in the studio with me, brand manager, Mr. Wayne Locke, and our director of operations and co-host, Redbone Mike Crace and everybody, we got a mystery guest. We kept you in suspense the first segment of the show. And let me tell you, I'm going to say it right now with him on the line. He's on the line. He is the strongest entity in the outdoor industry today by far. What do you guys think? Yeah, and has been for a while. Been for a while. There's nobody got their name and his brand tagged as many products as this guy in history. And here he is, everybody. Drum roll. Pitiful drum roll. Bone collector Mike Waddell, welcome to the show, brother. Look out. Well, actually, this is Walter P. Dishington from Northeast England. I think you got me confused with someone else. Oh, we, they dialed the wrong number. <laughs> No, this is old Whitey. I was just—I just want to act sophisticated. I've always thought it'd be cool to be named Walter Dishington. You know, I don't know, kind of like Yale, Harvard, you know, Gideon or Dishingtons, Burnsworth, something of that nature. But I'll just go with Whitey and Rutledge and and hang with folks like that. I'm just fine with that, man. Thank y'all for having me on, buddy. Hey, man, I want to talk about, and it's awesome to have you here, man. We're excited in the studio, and all of our listeners are, will go flipping crazy. 
uh, Waddell, let's talk about the Waddell American Roots right off the bat. This is the second segment. It's going to run 8 to 12 minutes, whatever Redbone wants to run it here. But uh, Michael Waddell from Booger Bottom, Georgia. You know, you and I have done a lot of shows together, but we're going to talk about some of that as we go in. But I want everybody to know behind the scenes of Michael Waddell and his family. Well, it, it's, it has been literally the American dream. You know, I, you're right, Alex. I've known you a long time, man. We both met, you know, turkey calling, like literally where we were just carpooling and saving $20 bills here and there just to go pay an entry fee to sound like a turkey and uh, and come out of it most of the time having our butt whooped by Walter Parrott and Chris mm-hmm. Parrish or, you know, or Ricky Joe Bishop. <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, you know, I, and I met, and it was just a brotherhood of hunters and outdoorsmen and, and really, from from my standpoint, just grew up in a rural area in Georgia, um, hunting and fishing, and just Dukes of Hazard every Friday night and church <laughs> on Sunday, and most of the time, you know, Saturday you raise a little hell. It literally was just the American, you know, American, living American dream, and then uh, to have an opportunity to work in the hunting industry, to 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 literally be able to represent probably what means as much to me as anything and that's the outdoor traditions and stuff it's it's been a blessing to say the least and and uh and that's the roots and man i got five healthy beautiful youngins a beautiful wife and uh it's it's been an amazing deal and so every day i i, I pinch myself not just to be in america but to, to be able to represent you know all the people out there that that love hunting and fishing and uh to be a spokesperson for it whether it's whether it's, you know, on the news stations or on a hunting show, man, I, I'm really convicted now more than ever to, to stick up for it and fight for, you know, hunters' rights as well as the Second Amendment and, and everything American, to be honest. <laughs> well, you know, Michael, the first time I ever met you was in Perry, Georgia, at the Mid-America Open, and I remember this, this light brown-headed, skinny young guy walking up on the stage and taking everybody's money. And uh, I thought, <laughs> who in the crap? Is that young punk? He just waxed everybody, <laughs> and it was Michael Waddell Wayne. That that's uh, I I wish I was there with you because that would have been great to see. Oh, it's it mind blowing. I thought this kid is going to go somewhere, and look at him. Here he is now, one of the strongest entities, in my opinion, in the industry. You know, Michael, I remember doing a show with you in Oklahoma City Bass Pro Shops uh, in the nineties, late nineties, I think. And you and I had done a team seminar together. We had a huge crowd, and the thing that touched people was talking about how you grew up in Georgia and how you had a job in heating and air, and Realtree hires you as a cameraman. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, man, it was crazy because um, I was. I, you know, my dad was a contractor, so, you know, I grew up around people like y'all did. I mean, literally, like, I know what a bull float is. I know what it's like to do. Mm-hmm. overhead sheetrock work you mm-hmm. know i know what it's like to you know to bush hog on a field on mm-hmm. an open air tractor all day and be itching from you know chiggers and ticks mm-hmm. and poison ivy all over you and so so when i had a chance to and, and, and i went to school and i went to tech school and learned how to work on heating and air equipment refrigeration and stuff and uh you know so i, I went to trade school and and uh anyway like literally the the, the turkey calling and stuff and when i had a chance to you know, have some success winning. I never get. I got a call from Bill Jordan. Actually, David Blanton called me, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, man, um, we we want to put you on the the hunting team." And I'm like, "Well, what, man, are you kidding me? What is that? That sounds good. What is it?" You know, I was like, "Well, we send you, you know, a couple sets of clothes every year." And uh, yeah. I'm like, "Man, that'd be cool." And um, and I remember Cus Strickland called me about the same time, and so it was funny. Almost a day apart, I got a package from Mossy Oak and Realtree. <laughs> And, uh, and I was like, man, and look, my dad and I, uh, I had lost my mother when I was 16 and uh, to oh, leukemia. And so mm. it really made me grow up. She's been a guardian angel on, on my shoulder, it seems, the whole whole time, you know, both as a kid and as an adult. But uh, my dad and I were like just brothers, you know. So we, he's like, hey, boy, that stuff fit me too now. <laughs> so we, uh, it was like just that alone was so humbling that somebody or some company would send me something for free just to wear to go turkey calling and and so i never even realized that there was a world you can make a living doing that i never dreamed of being on tv or hosting a tv show i wanted to go hunt and shoot a bunch of turkeys and i'd love to have hunted you know iowa or illinois or you know 
you know, Kansas, Saskatchewan, and all that stuff that I'd seen on these hunting shows. But um, literally, uh, you know, when David Blanton did that, and then and then I, I remember calling Cuz back and said, "Thank you so much." I said, "But man, I said I feel weird, you know, taking both sets of clothes." And I said, "And I said, in real tree." is right down the road and they've asked me to come help guide some of the outdoor riders and i said i and, the, and i said and i just you know no offense i said i love mossook and, and i actually did i had a you know hopefully bill jordan ain't listening to this phone call or a radio <laughs> interview but i, I had a closet full of mossook i love mossook i still do like those guys i respect them but yeah. at that particular time i just thought that man real trees an hour down the road you know maybe i can help out a little bit more and i've always believed that somebody gives you something you got to give them something back in return i never was taught to to mooch i was taught to work and so mm-hmm. i never get this is where it all started so what long after that david blanton called me and he said hey we need you we want you to come help guide turkey hunters and we got some riders coming in i said man are you kidding me so i got off work i was working the little bow shop and doing some heating and air work and they gave me off work uh which by the way off work with no pay <laughs> you know, if you didn't go to work, you didn't get paid. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Alex. We've all done oh, that, yeah. whether you're working on a concrete crew or a construction crew. Oh, yeah. What no benefits. Your benefit was, you know, you still got a job when you come back, but you're <laughs> getting paid. But uh, so I was going to take off work. Well, I never did. I worked for four days in a row, guys and turkey hunters. And so I went to leave, and David Blanton said, hey, man, I need your social security number. I said, why would you, know, why you need that? And he said, well, we're going to get you paid. And I said, get paid for what? <laughs> He said, we're going to pay you $100 a day to guide. And I said, are you kidding me? I'll never forget, I had free camouflage, free turkey calls, and I was hunting with people like Wayne uh, back then. Uh, literally, it was uh, Brad Herndon, mm-hmm. the Genrins, the uh, Fagley, Tom and Bailey Fagley. Yeah. You remember all those names? And it, and it was just Laura Lee Dovey. I was freaking out, and I got paid. And so from that point on, Realtree let me come guide a lot. Next thing you know, they asked me if I can run a camera. And one thing led to another, and I start working full time. And and like and it literally like ten years later, I'm hosting Realtree road trips to to now doing this bone collector thing. So honestly, all of that, Alex, I still go back to the roots mm-hmm. of my mom and dad, just mm-hmm. teaching me to to keep working and to doors open and to you're not entitled to nothing other than you know, good Lord gives us all a, a talents and abilities. And, and your work ethic is one of them. And, and I just wanted to do my best to move the needle Beautiful. at the time, whether it was calling in a turkey or winning a turkey calling contest or doing the best I could. And so for me, what I'm doing proves that it is American dream because you ain't doing this in Turkmenistan. It ain't doing this in Iraq. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I'm not the most educated guy. I'm not the smartest guy. We were, you know, you know, it ain't like you see Waddell and Alex Rutledge valedictorians over, over the class or, or you know, the native chemistry. You know, we, we we worked around that, but, you know, we, we were good at other things. And so, uh, you know, it, it was turkey calling, opened the doors and led to a full-time job and, and really all the way to having this chance to share with you guys about hunting and fishing. Yeah, just kind of, and you, you mentioned, uh, Michael, the, the American dream. And the American dream is we got to do something to pay bills, and we need to do that. So let's take a break. And I'd like to, you know, kind of get the the invention of Bone Collector, where all that came from, when we come back from this break. We'll be back with more American, American Roots. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Your host, Alex Rutledge. In the studio with Wayne Lack, brand manager and our director of operations, co-host, Redbone Mike Crace. And we just now have been talking with Mr. Mike Waddell, the bone collector, one of the strongest entities in the outdoor industry. And he was talking about his American roots, guys, and uh, what great information. You know, I did not know that Michael lost his mother to leukemia. I lost my dad to leukemia. Yep. I did not know wow. that. And, and uh, my, my mother or my mother-in-law right now has leukemia, so we're going through that right now too. It's sad, but Michael, uh, thank you for sharing that information about your roots, man. See, people don't know this stuff, and uh, yep. that's one of the things about our show that we 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 think we're bringing something different. We're getting really deep with people's history and their roots, and uh, people really connect with you when they get to hear these things. And and Michael, before we went to the break, Redbone Mike Crace, our director ask you how did you come up with the idea of coming up with the bone collector 
Yeah, I mean, basically, and first of all, man, it's cool what y'all doing because it, it really is. There, there's so much to be, you know, heard about. Each and every individual has a, has a story, mm-hmm. and um, and so obviously, uh, you know, you, so many roads. And like, I, you know, I've told you personally, Alex, and I even told my kids the other day. I said, look, man, I said I've been very blessed. I've done a few things right. I said, but I want y'all to pay attention to what I've done wrong, mm-hmm. and so. And even though I've been very blessed and had a lot of success, I've done some of the stupidest, craziest, wildest things that I should have, should have never done. And, and to be honest, I thank the Lord that I'm just sitting here alive. I mean, uh, you know, growing up in the country, man, like I said, you went to church on Sunday, but you, you raised yeah. plenty of cane. And so yeah. the whole deal is I'm, I'm living proof that man, we, got, we got an awesome Lord, and, yes. and I'm far from yes. perfect. You just keep churning. You Amen. keep doing what you can. And, 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 and there is no way that on my own I should – have had the success that I've had. So, you know, I lost my mom to leukemia, but she's been right there with me. And I, I've, I've often, I know for a fact that, you know, they, there's been a plan for all this and I'm still trying to figure it out and might not ever will, but you just keep going day to day. And it's just been amazing. So I like that y'all digging deep with these people and, and some yeah. of these people that, 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 that I look up to that y'all talking to and a lot of maybe listeners do, but the whole bone collector story really is cool because um, I was working at Realtree, and I worked full-time for them, and so they had given me so much opportunity. And at the time, when Realtree Road Trips hit, you know, Alex, you and I were good friends, and, yes, and I wasn't ready for that success. Realtree wasn't even ready for the success yeah. to come off of road trips. It, it, was, crazy. it was insane. Like wow. it, just, it was like overnight those shows aired, and something hit that resonated. Because at that time, I mean, you got to, you know, rewind back to 2000 and 2001 and two. Mm-hmm. So everybody knew the Larry Wysoons, mm-hmm. the Dick Idols, the Stan Potts, uh, but they didn't really know how they acted behind the scenes. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. know really what it went, went on behind the hunting industry other than the buttoned-up Nashville Network, TNN days. And so everything was very starch, very prim and proper. I mean, me oh. and you, Alex, <laughs> yeah. you remember those days? We'd show up, you working for Hunter Specialties, yeah. I'm working for Realtree, and we'd have on – you know, starch shirts, khaki pants, yep. you know, I mean, and, and, and of course everybody we talked to had on t-shirts and greasy ball caps and ripped jeans. And so, and so road trips was kind of like, all right, man, we're just going to get down and show you everything that you want to know about Bill Jordan, about these personalities, mm-hmm. where the St. Williams Jr., whatever. And that's kind of what y'all are doing on these radio, on this radio and po- podcast. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. with that, you know, we're, we're bone collector kind of got invented out, out of the success of road trips. Me, kind of growing out of the mold of what corporately could could hold me with within the restraints of policies and parameters. And so Bill Jordan's like Michael, you know, I was like Bill. I got all these opportunities, but according to the employment deal, I couldn't go take advantage of all these opportunities, like endorsements and mm-hmm. opportunities to do appearances. And so Bill's like Michael, you're gonna have to go out on your own to do these things. I'll support you, but. You know, I, I, I can't just reinvent our policies for you, you know. And, and so I knew when I left Realtree I wanted to do something more than just Realtree road trips, and I realized I wanted to kind of have my own brand and mm-hmm. do something. And at that time, Alex, everybody was like, dude, we want a Michael Waddell series of muzzleloaders. We want a Michael mm-hmm. Waddell series of this and this and this because it was mayhem. I mean, it was such an amazing ride at that point in my career around 2006 and seven when I was, you know, kind of leaving full-time employment at Realtree. But I didn't like the idea of of Michael Waddell. I thought that was kind of arrogant. I mm-hmm. thought it was a little bit pompous and shallow. And I and I and I kept saying, "Man, I wish I could figure out something that could be my brand, but it would be it it, it, it wasn't just be Michael Waddell." And um and so, uh, long story short, Greg Ritz at Thompson Center, we were shooting. He, they wanted to do a Michael Waddell series muzzleloader, and uh, we we're shooting this gun on the range and. We'd spent about three days up there with the technicians and engineers, and they were rebuilding this stuff and putting this barrel on this receiver, and we're you know messing with these different ramrods and loads. So we finally come up with what was the Bone Collector Triumph gun, and I'm shooting, and I said, Greg, I don't know what we call this, but I don't want to call it the Michael Waddell series, but I can tell you this, this dang thing is going to be a Bone Collector. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> and when I said that, I'm like, oh, my God, that's it. This is the bone collector. Let's call this one the bone collector. Wow. And Ritz immediately loved it. And so I'm flying home. I, I got on a plane up there in the Northeast, flying back to Georgia. And the whole time, and this is before you could log on the Wi-Fi on the flights, and I'm freaking out because I knew Greg Ritz moved fast. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's going to trademark. And I got to thinking, like, bone collector, that's it. Bone collector, is, it's, it's bone collector. And so uh, 
when I landed, I called Greg, and I said, Greg, if you don't mind, I'd really like to name it. I said, but would you give me that opportunity to maybe do something? This might be my opportunity and uh, to, to do something. And I was working and doing a show for Gander Mountain called We Live Outdoors, and I pitched them the whole di- the idea of Bone Collector, the TV show series, and what it could be. And they, they passed it down, and I said, well, I would like to do it. So I just took money, <laughs> kind of that I put back and, and uh, got things trademarked and Went and bought some airtime, and 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 there everything went. So it, 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 was, it was crazy, and and it was good timing, and uh, it certainly had its hiccups. But we've we've now been in business for you know eleven years, you know, and so it's been a it's been a great show. We're still rating good, and this you know we're getting to promote hunting. So that's kind of the story how Bone Collector got started. So it was wow, just wow, a real opportunity that started at Realtree. I, I find it funny that you said you really didn't want to be your name to be put out there is, you know, uh, Michael Waddell this and Michael Waddell that. Guy. And um, one of the things that my children, uh, because as you we got to go to a break in one minute. Oh, yeah, let's catch a break and then we'll, we'll come one on minute. back to this. we got one minute. Oh, okay. One of the things that um, my kids uh, grew up watching you. I mean, you've touched two generations without a doubt that you've uh, inspired and, and helped uh, mold and create. But my youngest one, and it was kind of funny, when your Bone Collector uh, series first came out, the show in that, my youngest one came up to me one day, and he's like, Dad, Dad. I'm like, what? He goes, Mr. Collector's on TV. It's getting ready to start. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, who? He goes, Mr. Collector. He goes, you know, um, Mr. Collector, you watch him all the time. I was like, let me see what you're talking about. And sure enough, it was you. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he actually thinks your name is Bone Collector. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> Man, what an awesome show we're having, everybody. Michael Waddell, the Bone Collector. The Bone Collector. I'm going to say it again. The Bone Collector is on the line. We're going to go to a break. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors right here, right now. We will be right back. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors and Red Bone. Wayne, what a great (laughs) guest Michael Waddell was. Well, we told people. We told you. We told you. Yeah, we told you. And I'm telling you, Waddell is so hilarious, man, so knowledgeable. And he is one of the strongest entities in the outdoor industry. You know, a boy from Booger Bottom, Georgia, <laughs> you know, he's into pecan farming now, and uh, he's all about family. And uh, this guy has actually taken the outdoor industry under Signature Series products to a completely different level. Well, who doesn't know the Bone Collector Series? I mean, uh, you can't go into any place and not see. You see the stickers just about everywhere you go on people's vehicles, and he has definitely made a name not only for himself, but the uh, getting youth involved. Yeah. You know, we touched base on that during the interview and that, and how he's been um, an icon to uh, a generation like uh, Stan Potts, and that was to us. Yeah, for a whole decade, correct, if not longer. And, and Alex, I know you started in the outdoor industry at a very young age. I did. And I think Waddell was even younger than you when he got his big break. I started uh, turkey calling when I was 18 years old, competitive turkey calling. And I met Michael, and you're hearing the story here, everybody. Uh, I met Michael in Perry, Georgia. Uh, Mid-America Open turkey calling contest down there, and I thought, who is this little hot shot turkey <laughs> caller? <laughs> I did. I thought, my gosh, this kid, and I think he won it that yeah, year. Yeah, I say he was good. He, he was oh, good. man, he's still awesome. And, yeah. and uh, you know, he loves turkey hunting. He loves deer hunting, elk hunting. He loves it all. But, uh, you know, he is hilarious. And he's just so witty. And he, he, you know, like snap your finger, he can come up with anything real quick. And we was talking to him this morning. And uh, we was talking about some of the funny things about, being honoring his kids growing up, which we don't uh, promote that. He's saying some funny things about uh, T-Bone. He goes, you don't got, got to ever worry about T-Bone breaking the game law uh, or trespassing on somebody. And I said, why is that? Because he's too fat to run. <laughs> you won't get away from the law. <laughs> <laughs> then, he, then, I, then I ad-libbed to that, and I said, yeah, he would get caught because if he was trespassing, they would end up finding some uh, – Gardet, guard ghettos or whatever they call it, Gardettos. Cheeto bags. And Cheeto bag laying there somewhere, <laughs> and they know it was uh, T-Bone. So we're, we're throwing a little pun at you, T-Bone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Michael is a true icon, and uh, he's a family man. He's, he's got several kids now, and uh, he told us, and you're hearing the show, again, is, he's pecan farming. He was actually, when we talked to him earlier today, uh, 
He was on his way to sell his pecans, wasn't he, Wayne? Yeah, and that was funny, too, because he said, he goes, never in my life did I ever think I would be a pecan farmer. <laughs> a pecan farmer. Pecan. Pecan or pecans? Pecan, pecan. farmer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, But again, Michael, you're listening, man. Thank you, all the Bone Collector followers and everything, for listening to the show. And uh, thank you, Michael, for being on the show. And thank you for your help in helping us promote American Roots Outdoors. And I just want to say to all of the listeners out there turning across the country, uh, you're never going to kill a deer sitting on the couch or sitting in the house. Get out there and hunt. Get your kids involved. Get your family involved. And I want to say this, too. Uh, we got an added bonus section coming up. After this, if you're a podcast listener. Yeah, if you're a podcast subscriber, uh, you can go to your uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and even on Alexa. And uh, check out this bonus feature that we got coming up with uh, Mr. Waddell himself. Going to share some more secrets that only you as a uh, subscriber to our podcast are going to be able to hear. Um, I do want to also make a correction. Uh, Last week, uh, we gave out a website uh, for growingbigdeer.com. And for uh, Dr. Grant Woods, and that is actually the incorrect website to go to. I need you guys to please check out growingdeer.tv. Uh, that is the correct website, so I apologize about that, and uh, be sure to check out his website. Growingdeer.tv. TV. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Grant and Woods, I've heard so many comments from people about Grant Woods. Oh, they loved it. Yeah. yeah fan- the knowledge he has, he has more knowledge about deer hunting than most people have in their little finger. Yeah, well, he analyzes everything. He's an analyzer like yeah, I am, yeah. and I'm sure we're all analyzers, but, man, he takes it to extremes. And also I want to say, you know, uh, as we're wrapping up the show here, you know, you guys, grunting still working, rattling still working, mock scraping is still working. Uh, here in about 20, probably the peak rep was over about A week five ago. days ago. Yeah. So look in about 25 days for that last rut spurt to happen of these these heavier yearling does mm-hmm. to come into estrus yeah alex do you think that uh, now that i mean the, the numbers were down because of the acorns in the woods uh, do you think now that the bow hunters that hunt late season should have a really good success if the if you've got healthy food plots like eagle seed smorgasbord like we have and the deer have mowed my pastures up, haven't they, Wayne? They, the clover, they've got them eaten down, but we still got some healthy food plots on our property. We went through them today pulling cards. They're just as green, aren't they, Wayne? Oh, yeah. And that's the advantage of having some multiple small food plots as opposed to just one big one. It gives them a chance to travel around. So when one starts mm-hmm. getting hit hard, they just move on to the next one, allows the other one to kind of replourish itself a little bit and get sure. back healthy again. Just like rotating your crops. Exactly. Yeah. Now, here's a little tip for you all. Uh, while you're hunting, I'm going to tell you about another product. They're not a sponsor, but uh, there's a guy in southeast Missouri, and you actually spray it on your food plots, and it's a fertilizer, but it's got flavors in it, vanilla flavoring. Deer love vanilla. Yeah. They smell vanilla, they'll come to it. And I'm, I've drew a blank on the name of the product, but... Uh, uh, hmm, Vanilla. And you spray it on your food plots, and what it does, it helps your food plots grow, even though we're in cold temperatures. It's a fertilizer. Yeah. It's a fertilizer, but the deer will come to it. So if you've got does coming to your food plots where you sprayed this vanilla, and I'll think of the name here in a minute. It'll come to me. But uh, well, if they, if, if they, if they love Prada. vanilla, why couldn't you just burn a vanilla-scented candle in your blind? Hey, <laughs> you may laugh about it. You may laugh about it. Could happen. But people do do that. Well, it's funny you said that because when I was a teenager, I actually was watching a hunting show uh, back then. And of course, you only had like four to choose from, but one right. of the guys on there was talking about vanilla, uh, the smell of vanilla, and that it, the deer like it. So, you know, being a young and dumb and a teenager, I'm like, well, I'm going to go light a vanilla candle out in the woods. <laughs> As a tip, you should clear the area of leaves. <laughs> Before you do that, because not sooner did I get six feet off the ground and I looked back and there's about a four foot section burning. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I come running back over there and, you know, kicking leaves on it and that. And I went back home and I I told my mom, I said, well, this candle thing ain't working too good. No, 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 no. no. She goes, well, let me teach you a little trick here. And so we got it cleared out. And next time I used it, but it didn't, it definitely did not affect the deer. I mean, they came through with no problem in that. And actually they came through licking their noses in that. So I think they were definitely curious. About yeah, it. I think it'd be better just to get the vanilla out of the cabinet and put on a cotton ball and carry it in your pocket. <laughs> <That's>... 
you guys just made me think of something. One of the weirdest things, and I've told this before, and we're going to wrap it up. I ever happened to me in a tree stand was I was hunting Iowa next to a county road. And we're in the tree stand, and the guy that was filming, his name's Gary Sears. We're going to wrap the show up on this one. And we're sitting in the tree stand, and the cabin's like a quarter of a mile from us. And I said, is your camera hot? <laughs> Looking around his camera. And we looked up to the left, and there was a fire coming to us. <laughs> I got farmer's truck, transmission caught on fire and burned his truck to the ground. We never even heard it. And the fire caught on fire on that <laughs> farmer's land. So there's your thought. Oh, boy. Watch hunting close to county roads for road hunters and fires. Yep. Everybody, we want to thank you again for listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio Talk Show. Again, with Wayne Locke, our brand manager, and our director of operations and co-host, uh, Mr. Redbone Mike Christ. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Mike Waddell, the bone collector, for being on the show. And remember, we got a bonus edition on the podcast. The only way you're going to get to listen to it, you become a member of the ARO podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, when your roots are deep and strong, there is no reason fear the wind so you never gotta worry what the wind might do american roots thank you for joining us for today's american roots outdoors radio with alex rutledge you can find us on facebook look us up on the world wide web at americanrootsoutdoors.com we'll be back again next week on this great radio station Everybody, this is Michael Waddell with Bone Collector, and you're listening to American Roots Podcast. This is your bonus round with my buddy Alex Rutledge, man. Kick it off, Alex, because I got some questions I got to ask you. Uh oh, uh oh, we're gonna get each other in trouble. You know what? I'm the only one that gets interviewed. I got, I got to talk to you about some stuff I just heard about you in high school, dog. You know, we're talking about our crazy lives that we grew, how we grew up, and how we used to be ornery, which we don't do that no more. Uh, you know, we, we talked about T-bone, Waddy. Uh, you said you don't got to worry about T-bone trespassing because T-bone's too fat to run. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I, that's why T-bone gets all those big endorsement deals. Is because you know the dude's legit, and you know he's got to be on his property he can hunt because he ain't going. He can't run now from the standpoint of. Hunting a dangerous game, or if you are right across the creek, he's the best guy to be with because he's the one that they're going to catch first. Or the, or the, or the well, yeah, you can't be hunting P.O. Stesland, as Eddie Salter would say. Mr. P.O. Stesland, I heard one goblin over there. We can't go over there. But, you know, we're joking about how we used to be, guys, and we don't do that no more. But, Waddy, we talked about the funny stuff, you know, in the high school where I came from. You know, my FFA project was fighting chickens. <laughs> and, and that's what I was going to ask. And I heard that, and I last for two days straight. Now, who on earth is in FFA, only in Berkeley, Missouri, maybe Booger Bottom, can you ma have a master's degree in fighting chickens? I mean, this is, I mean like, I mean, Michael Vick is so mad at you. He lost his career or fit Mike Bulldog, and you were getting a master's in Berkeley, Missouri and fighting chickens. You know, he lost You know, I'm joking. I really didn't have fighting chickens. I had dairy cattle, but I did sell my milk to my neighbors for 75 cents a gallon. And my dad, now check this out, Waddy. My dad charged me. We had to split the gas that we spent that day. And if we mowed the yard together, we split the gas. He taught me partnerships. But, but you know, that's yeah. the cool thing about our roots, man, our American roots. Waddy, you you done some of the same stuff, you know, crazy oh stuff. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 people don't realize. I, I never forget. I made this comment, and I stand behind it. And, and, and to be honest, Alex, you, you fit the bill, too. And, and this is this is with all humility and actually bragging uh, on our kind, because I'm mm -hmm. very proud of where I'm from. I really am from Google Bottom. Me and you are so much more sophisticated now than we were. I mean, I tell the first time I met Alex, he had a gold tooth. I, I mean, he's calling a contest, and this old redneck has got like, you know, squirrel and dumplings in, in the sidecar trying to wonder if it's going to still be good when we're finished. And we're literally borrowing. I mean, we are broke rednecks traveling to these different rural places in America to try to win a turkey calling contest. Yeah. 
to have money to get home in some cases. I mean, we're, it's like it's like a safe version of the rodeo is what turkey calling was back in the day. You're right. Yeah, uh, you know, we wasn't busted up, but you know, we we go home broke or maybe <laughs> with, with hangovers. A water bottle, we went home and, with know, hangovers and a, and a yeah. plaque. Who knows? But um. But when it gets down to it, man, I did. I grew up country as a chicken coop, and so did you. And, uh, I mean, I literally got my first appetizer working at Realtree. I never forget talking to my dad, and I was like, you ain't going to believe this, Daddy. I said, these jokers, these slickers, they order a meal before they get the meal. They get all this uh, squid and cheese sticks and all this. And I'm like, what are they doing? You know, I'm looking at and I'm growing up, I wasn't used to the corporate policy of when you go to eat, when you're on company travel, that you, yeah. you know, the, the boss or the company bought your meal. Yeah. So I'm sitting there in a fancy Italian restaurant thinking, I can't afford none of this. Because I'm, yeah. I'm assuming like the construction crew, you know, you go through Ryan's or Dairy Queen, you're going to buy your cheeseburger. The boss <laughs> man ain't going to buy it. You know, and, you know, these little, you know, so I learned so much. I went on my first airplane ride with Realtree. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, just I learned so much about hotel rooms. I remember going up to hotel rooms. Uh, they put us in a Ritz Carlton, New Orleans, and I went right up there. And the first thing I did, I run me a big old tub bath and sit in that tub bath. <laughs> I was sitting up there like a sheep, like, like, man, like one of them women on the Calgon commercial. Like, because, you know, I grew up with kids all in the house. We had foster youngins, and you couldn't take no tub bath because there wasn't enough hot water here. You know, it, you had to so Three minutes shower. Just got as hot as I could, and I sat there. I turned into a prune. Bill Jordan's calling my landline, you know, on the room. Like, hey, yeah. buddy, we got to be down. What are you doing? I said, I'm in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the tub. God, out of stories. That's right there. Hey, I've got a story to share with you. You're going to freak out. You know, Ray, I, very famous turkey hunter, one of my mentors. Yes, and that's another. And Ray, I hope you listen because you might out redneck me and Alex. That's Ray, I know. <laughs> hey, trust me, he listens to him. But anyway, I, I remember the, Ray. I was making turkey calls for him when he's making them for everybody in the industry and hunter specialties. And I went up to uh, his town, Ware, Missouri, W A R E, Ware, Missouri, and I run this machine to make these turkey calls. I remember I, I made about two hundred and thirty-four dollars a week. I'll never forget it. And he said, hey, it's Jan's birthday. We're all going to go have a birthday party for Jan at Red Lobster. I thought, Red Lobster? That's for fancy rich people. I ain't never been to Red Lobster in my life. But I thought, you know, the gentleman I am, the gentleman I am from Birch Tree, Missouri, chicken fighting, cattle growing, coon dog hunting, coyote dog running, deer dog running county. I'm going to show them I'm a gentleman. I'm going to buy everybody's dinner. There's about 10 of us oh, gathered around there. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so so we all go eat, and the bill was like two hundred and thirty-two dollars. I had two hundred thirty-two dollars. Just cash check. Yeah. They brought me the receipt of the meal, and I'm looking at it. I'm going down through there, and it says this meal, this meal, and this beer, that drink, and this and that. And then I seen it. Ray, I tell this story better than anybody. And I called the waitress. I said, "Ma'am." I'm thinking, how am I going to get home? I got two dollars gas. I'm three hours from Birch Tree, and I'm empty on gas. I ain't gonna be able to afford. To, I ain't gonna go home. I'll just stay up at Ray's. So I said, "Ma'am, we got a problem here." I said, "On this receipt, ain't nobody at this table ordered gluteny." <laughs> <laughs> you charged me extra for gluteny. <laughs> they just put the tip in there. <laughs> It was gratuity. <laughs> I, I, I can attest that that is a true story because you didn't, you didn't buy no, you didn't buy that. <laughs> I didn't order no gluteny. I didn't, what the hell is gluteny? And, and I can and I can tell you that's a true story because I've heard Ray I tell it many times. Oh my God! I heard. I had. I've never heard that direct from Ray I. But I've heard that, you know, uh, I think it was Matt Moret and, and Walter Perry and told that, you know, we always run the same circles. And, yeah. I, and, and that's the thing, man. I mean, I think a lot of people realize, but uh, a lot of people don't. You know, I see it all the time. You know, you get on Bone Collector Facebook and they'll be like, well, who scouts for your deer? You know, I yeah. know y'all oh, yeah. who guts your deer, who do this? I'm like, and I remember one time I was at a Cabela store doing an appearance. And uh, I was at a Cabela store doing an appearance. And so... I got looking, and it was a, it was a nice promotion. And uh, and anyway, and and it had a on the sign of the Cabela's door. It said uh, rodeo. You know, it was a rodeo, bull riding and cutting horses. Oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, man, you know, I ain't had nothing going on. I was there by myself, and uh, 
I had a hotel room. They had me a hotel room, and I had me a little rental car. And so, anyway, I went. I went to this rodeo. I just went down there and got me. I literally went to the deal and got me a little old bag of popcorn. So, and all of a sudden, I looked, and there's four or five of the people that I had just met and signed hats for. And they said, "Oh my God, what else? What are you doing here?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" I said, "I can't believe you're you're actually just coming to the rodeo." And I looked at him, I said, what in the hell? Y'all think y'all going out red me? Y'all think I really don't like looking at the rodeo? <laughs> man, we got the last before it was over, man. We had the best time at that rodeo. It was like sitting with family. And I think sometimes people see the TV shows, mm-hmm. and they just assume that a lot of these stories mm-hmm. are, are made up. And yeah. uh, but, but in reality, man, we uh, there's a lot of people in the hunting industry. Not all. There's some posers. I'll be the first to tell you. They some that can't hunt their way out of a wet paper sack. A lot of people don't want to say that, but they ain't. They just they just want to be. And then there's a lot of folks that, I mean, I'm telling you right now, no, I ain't giving the – let me tell you something. We friends, but you and Eddie Salter will yeah. never hunt my turkey lease without me with y'all. <laughs> uh, we ain't that good of friends. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't turning – uh-uh. No way in hell would I – that's what I'm saying, and that's what I tell people. It's like, man, well, y'all probably got people do this and that. And I say, I tell you what, just give me the – won't you give the keys to your lease to me and Eddie Salter, and we'll go tell you if there's some turkeys on it. I guarantee and then they look, you. Know, you know, so so the point is, you know, you, you know, I'm very humble, but at the same time, I know where I come from. I know where you come from. Mm-hmm. I know where the Eddie Salters come mm-hmm. from, the mm-hmm. the Harold Knights, the David Hills. You I mean, bet. I could go on forever, but uh, it's funny, man. You're right. We all go, for, whether you're from Georgia <laughs> or Missouri, we're we from the same mold for sure. I got one for you. You ready? Uh-huh. These, these yeah. guys are going to cry. we got two minutes. We gotta wrap her up. You was in Springfield, Bass Pro Shops. Tyson Rutledge yep. and you go ride a mechanical bull. Tyson gonna oh show everybody. Tell that story. I ain't even gonna to laugh for the next two minutes. So. Tyson, your your nephew or cousin? Cousin, cousin. So I t- this is funny. So we work in the promotion, guys. I mean, hope everybody here. I mean, this is a story. So Tyson, I said, what you do? He said, man, I'm a rodeo, I'm a rodeo guy. <laughs> and uh, I, said, well, I said, well, you're a rut, but you got a turkey and deer. No, nah, yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm a rodeo. <laughs> so there was a place down the deal. We'd all go get us a cold one. And uh, and they had a mechanical bull in there. <laughs> so here comes here come Rutledge, the, the, the Rutledge finest, you know, passing on the cowboy tradition. He goes in there and I said, I tell you what, I'll pay you what, get up on that thing. And Rutley, he comes oh oh Tyson jumps in there. And you saw it too. That bull, the guy it how the the hydraulics just reset to get ready to go. And when it did it threw him off. <laughs> <laughs> I said, dude, if that was the jukebox, you didn't even get a song. You didn't even get a song. He just cycled it through him off. He's a bull rider. He's a high product. If you look, you go look on them thing, any of them shows, if a girl's riding it or a dude, when they first hit it, he kind of shifts and just kind of gets ready. And that song goes shift. He didn't even hit the button and threw threw old Tyson off. And he never lived that down with anybody in the hunting industry. Because I think, remember, old Kyle Hicks was there. Oh, yeah. Uh, You were there. I want to say the Drury's. Eddie was there too. I you think you go out with us and stuff. Here. Next you know, time, so, I mean that's that's good stuff, man. Oh my God, I'm gonna laugh all the way home thinking about that. Well, hey, hey, Michael, I, I know you're sitting on a tarmac right now in your private jet getting ready to leave. But uh, hold on one second. Hold on, Alexa's talking to us. Stop, Alexa. <laughs> um, I know you're sitting on that tarmac getting ready to leave on your private jet and everything. So I do have one quick question. Um, me and you actually share the same birthday, believe it or not. Wow. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's another one out there. It's just as unlucky as I am on that. But uh, wow. <laughs> a question well, for you. What what uh. So obviously, I know that's May seventh. What what year are we talking? Sixty eight for me. Pri- is that private or public information? <laughs> no, no, that's sixty eight for me. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm seventy three. So yep. No, not at all. But exactly, right. exactly. Right. exactly. <laughs> hey, a uh, quick question. Now, my my son took me out for my birthday a few years ago. He bought me a new gun for my birthday and took me out, and uh, I bagged the biggest turkey of my life um in ohio uh on my birthday and i was wondering did you do you have a a, a story or, like similar to that where you went out on your birthday and you got yourself a a big old tom or anything i just want to wrap you up with a nice old turkey I would, I would sound like a 
a game hog to tell you how many private turkeys I done killed on my birthday. If there's one thing I'm still addicted to, it's killing a turkey. Yes, I, I am like, look, I, I mean, I got five youngins, and my youngest is three, and I am still struggling to share turkeys with my kids. People <laughs> tell me, like, oh, man, mm. I hear it all the time, be hunting, oh, man, I just, you know, now it's about the kids. I just want to see my kids get one. I'm like, no, I'm greedy. I still want to kill them. I want to still kill my limit every year. But um, I've, awesome gotten rush. I've gotten better about it. But, man, I have had so many great experiences on my birthday with, with my dad a lot. I go out when I go hunting with my dad. And now I, I hunted turkeys for the first time ever when I was 12 years old. And I have never, even with my career, missed an opening day with my dad. We went every opening day in Georgia since I started, since I was 12. And I'm 46 now. To prove I'm not really good at math, I don't even know how many years that is. <laughs> but 12, since I've been 12 to now 46, 40, you know, I've 34. never missed a single day. So yeah. 30, 34 years 34. that I have uh, never missed an opening day. And then I always go turkey hunting, typically – on my birthday, I even asked my wife, you know, like, look, what do you want for birthday? Like, you know what? I want to go, I want to go turkey in the morning. And a lot of times, I tell you what I will do. I go by myself without a camera. I'll just say, it's my yeah, birthday. I just want right. to go and spend time uh, alone and just just reflect and relax and, and have a good time. And I've killed a lot of turkeys just all by myself on my birthday. Beautiful, everybody. That's awesome. I love Beautiful. It. Michael Waddell, Bone Collector. Everybody, watch his shows. You want to find out more information? Tell us how we can find out more about your show and everything you're doing, Michael. Well, we're on all the social media uh, outlets, and we also on Outdoor Channel. We air on 9.30 Sunday nights. Uh, that's Eastern, um, 8.30 uh, Central Time. And uh, you can find us right where it's at Booger Bottom on Twitter, Michael Waddell's face, uh, Bone Collector on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, and I would like to end just say, man, I can't, I can't say enough about all the people, fans or you know, I would more refer them to him as family that supported me and really this whole industry, man. I, I never would have believed I could do this. I still can't believe it. And uh, and also, Alex, man, thanks for being a good friend. And it's fun to catch up. Like I said, we could, we could have a five-hour show we just could. telling stories of uh, just what me and you saw together, not counting what we saw <laughs> apart. It's, it's unbelievable. Hey, Michael, Trump 2020. 2020, baby. He'll take Come a on. Him. Them, them, them liberals right now, they they going crazy in the bat, man. Oh, that old shifty squirrel boy, he, he, he's barking up the wrong tree right now. I'm thinking, man, this is more madness than I've seen in a long time. But it's, uh, I think it's going to come to pass pretty quick. You know, I, I think oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you have it, everybody. Michael Waddell's American Roots, the bone collector, the man himself. One of my very good friends. Man, what an awesome show, gentlemen. I want to say this, everybody. Remember this, our slogan at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind. God bless you all. Take your kids hunting. Spend time outdoors in Trump 2020. See you all.